Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Ebert from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope your day's going well, and welcome to the teams of the 50 most relevant. The number nine team player, Justin Westhoff. There's a reason he's in the 50 most relevant. Yeah, I know he had a ripping year and maybe it was just a once-off. But there's some things even beyond that that make him so relevant for fantasy coaches in 2019. To talk all things the Hoff, I've got Fox on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. The Hoff. It's, it's an interesting one to talk about. It was a phenomenal year last year. Was it a once-off? Maybe, but given what he's done, given the dual position opportunities that we now have with him, he deserves to be discussed. Yes, 32 years old, but he's got one of the most valuable dual position things that as a fantasy coach we can have, ruck forward DPP. Last year, his best AFL fantasy and dream team score came against the Fremantle Dockers. It was a 132, while for Supercoach, it was against the Kangaroos, a 147. Last year, he averaged 101 across all of your formats, and he's a pricey man this year. 740000 in AFL fantasy, a little bit cheaper than that in AFL dream team, while for Supercoach, just a touch of $550,000. There are many years, uh, many reasons, Fox, for why last year was such a great fantasy season from the Port Adelaide uh, utility. And one of the major reasons, not the only reason, but one of the major reasons was a, a kind of a, an injury to Patrick Ryder that not only ruled him out for, you know, a handful of games in a row, but clearly as you watched Ryder throughout the year, it was pretty evident that. He was just maintaining that injury and getting through the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, MJ. Um, yeah, the, well, the Hoff isn't really... You wouldn't really class him as a ruck, would you? No, I, I think that's an interesting point. Um, and, and it's evident, yes, he had some, some you know, higher hitouts than ever before. But he's a versatile utility. He's a player that can play as a as a key forward, as a lead-up forward, as a intercept defender, um, as a wingman, um, as a link-up player. He, he really is that modern utility um, in the AFL. And yes, he had a best season, um, which culminated in 11 AFL fantasy and dream team tons. Eight of those tons were over 110. And he averaged, you know, that 102. Um, just for that point, by the way, five scores below 90 all year in AFL fantasy and dream team. And a lowest yeah. of 75. Supercoach, 10 tons. Eight of those um, were over 110. Two of them were over a huge 140 and just two scores below 80 all year. So he, he last year had the perfect combination for us as fantasy coaches. High ceiling, consistent hundreds, and a low fantasy basement. That's a fantastic combination for us. Absolutely. And uh, the durability... Uh like since 2010, he's gone 19, 20, 22, 21, 21, 22, 22, 22, 22 games. Like, how, how durable is that? Uh, that D, DPP is like rolled gold. Uh, the fact that he finished the last two games, it's a small, a, a small portion there, but uh, his last two games, he averaged 125 DT. 
123 Supercoach. So he finished off the year brilliantly. Yeah, right throughout the year, we saw Justin Westhoff perform incredibly well as a player. And yes, he did have an increased ruck role during the year. Um, but playing a supporting role as a ruckman hasn't been uncommon for Justin Westhoff throughout his career. You go back and look through the stats. He's averaging, you know, two, three, four, five hitouts per game on average. And yes, there was a, a career-high jump to eight hitouts um, over the past year, but that's not crazy amounts of, of hitouts. More again, he's not a pure ruckman, and he did get dominated um, in those hitout contests right throughout the year. But what, what was really interesting for me was watching what was Ryder's scoring like and Westhoff scoring right, not just when they're in the same side, but when Ryder went big in terms of tunned up, what was the impact it had on Justin Westhoff? So if you count from once Ryder came back from his injury um, and scored 100 or more in AFL Fantasy, that happened in three matches, while in Supercoach, it was five matches that Ryder tunned up in. And this is what it did to impact Westhoff's score. All those games, by the way, the three in AFL Fantasy, the five in Supercoach, Ryder got 50 hitouts or more. But this is Westhoff's score when Ryder tunned up. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, Westhoff, when Ryder tunned up, went 115, 105, and 121. That's Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. In Supercoach, when Ryder tunned up after his injury, Westhoff went 114, 116, 120, 126, and 120. And so, yes, no doubt he got some level of scoring bump because early in the year, he was required a lot more to be a part of a ruck opportunity. But we're seeing, now I know it's only small data, but we've seen historically over his career, and once again this year, that even when Ryder is the main ruck option, Westhoff can still score and score well. Yeah, they're, they're incredible figures, aren't they? Well, yeah, even, you know, it, it's you look back over his career between 2013 and 2017 in Supercoach, his seasonal averages were 98, 91, 94, 85, and 87. For Fantasy and Dream Team, 87, 89, 89, 80, and 83. Uh, this is as an available forward. Some of those years put him in the top 10 average point. And then now he brings something that makes him massively relevant for us and that is the ability to move him between a ruck position and a forward position. Something that could save you massive points during the year. Oh, how good how good's that? Like uh personally it'd be hard to start him, but uh tell you what, he'd be a he I've got him uh, down as a round thirteen upgrade, um, after his buy. Uh that the week the week after that, Grundy and Gorn are out on their bye. Yeah. Uh, it's perfect to bring him in that time. Uh, rolling lockout with uh, Real Dream real dream team now, got the rolling lockout. Uh, Supercoach rolling lockout. Uh, Bru- Bruins have that DPP rolling between F7 and R3. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you talk about there that, that I'm really intrigued to uh, spend a few extra moments on. Um, and that is... Um, we know the history of Westhoff, even taking last year out. He can score enough to go mid-80s to 90s. Now, that, that does mean you're probably paying overs for him if you believe he drops back to the pack. And so I agree. I, I think it would take an incredible set of kahunas 
to go, I'm going to start with Justin Westhoff. I, I don't personally think that's the right move, um, but I think there's two things he brings that, well, there's one thing he brings, but it, it's got two levels of player. One, his ruck forward status does give you that perfect F7 and R3 cover. Um, for multiple reasons, that's important. One of them is if you play a limited trade format of Supercoach and Dream Team, there's going to come a point in your year, maybe July, maybe as late as August, where you look at the trades remaining column and you start to realize, I'm in some trouble if I get another long-term injury here. I'm in some trouble if I cop another major injury to my side. Um, I I need to either roll with the existing cover I've got remaining in my squad or I've got to compromise on the players I, I, I need to get. And so I think once you're left with zero or minimal trades left in a column, um, you need something in your squad that could get you over the line, and that is squad depth. You add the squad depth and the versatility that Westhoff could bring into your team. I think his ruck forward status could save you three, four, five games a year, not just from potential donuts, um, but potentially having to execute a trade in a line that you might not wanted to otherwise. Absolutely, mate. And we're not we're not talking a dud here. We're no. talking we're talking the top fifth, you know, top five ruck and forward here. It's, it's, we're not we're not talking outside the top ten in either of those brackets. So he's a, he's a super pick. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It is, um, you know, you look across the formats and, yep, you can start to build a case for, yeah, he had an exceptional year and he's never done this before. Um, and it's amazing. We talk about these guys at 32. Is it a, is it a one and done out of the box? Yeah, quite possibly. And that's why you, I don't think you can start with Justin Westhoff. But his relevance as an in-year upgrade, given the dual position, is massively important to you. And it could save you trades. It can save you donuts. And he could, you know, be the difference between you in a couple of games. That's why I think he's one of those guys with that dual position link that you need to seriously consider as an upgrade target in-year. Because you're not going to then be paying for him at 100 um, and if he is continuing to go at the 100 average like he has, then he's probably a top five forward again. Um, he, he's a, a fantastic pick, um, even more relevant then. But if he only drips, drops back to what he's done outside of last year, which is that mid-80s kind of average, as an upgrade target, as a guy that's got the potential to go big 120, 130, 140, He's got that ceiling about him. I could really see Port Adelaide use him um, as well as Lysette and Ryder in the side, and that's why I don't think you can start with him because there's the unknown quantity of how they use him. But I wouldn't at all be surprised if they use him as one of the options off the wing. You know, such a versatile player that can float back and intercept, you know, that chop out some support, you know, with the 6-6-6 starting rules at centre bounces. Be used as a link-up or a get-out-of-jail option for... for their talls, you know, out of defensive 50. So I think Westhoff stays very much a part of that midfield unit as a whole um, because he's just one of those versatile utilities going in the AFL. Yeah, very, very hard to match up on yeah. that rock too. Uh, yeah, 200 centimetres, 90, 93 kilos. Very hard to match up on that. And, uh, yeah, you can see a few marks, yep. you know, between those arcs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he won't go. He won't go too deep. Uh, hopefully, he does. He kicks goals, um, and he'll always be back, dropping back there to take that mark. And um, yeah, 
So yeah. I, I, I think I think it's I think he's a great, uh, relevant pick. Oh, as an upgrade target, I, I think he seriously needs to be considered. And then all it does take is while well, you never wish injuries on anyone, all it takes is one injury to a Lysette or rider, and he goes back to taking even more you know ruck responsibilities and the potential for some more points through there so look again starting squad in your salary cap it, it would take a serious belief in something that he's going to maintain and well I think he's going to be a very good scorer I don't know if he's going to go the 100 but I think he's averaged no matter what puts him in enough contention as a upgrade target with ruck forward DPP he could be really helpful for you at some point during the year let's yeah. talk tr- sorry man no, no reason he doesn't back up what he did last year. Yeah, well, that's the thing is there are some in amongst the fantasy community, and that's where it's interesting to talk about drafts is because it's such a big jump on his career, um, especially for AFL fantasy, not as huge a jump in Supercoach. It's that, oh, this was the one-off. The, you know, this was, you know, just the lucky year. Um, but where do you... Because he only really averaged a handful more of hitouts. Every other disposal column, every other p- column where you're going to pick up points outside of the hitouts, statistically is one or two away from what he's ever done before. Um, and so, yes, he was around the ball a lot more, but it's not like his disposal or possession numbers went from averaging 20 to 25, or he went from three or four marks a game to eight marks a game. It, the averages across all the scoring columns um, are generally pretty consistent year in, year out. It's the hitouts that have had the big spike. And as we talked about, the games where Ryder still tunned up well after injury, so did Westhoff. Yes, the license coming in. Yes, that's a factor, and that's why he's an upgrade. But I can still build a case for him having some really important big ceiling games for us right across the year. And I like him. And so, yes, I think there's a drop-off um, because he's never done it this big before. But how big of a drop-off is the key? And where he gets drafted is fascinating for me because you can build a case to select him as your R1 or as your F1. Now, it might feel like a stretch, but you can build that case because that's what he was able to deliver for us last year. Um, personally, if the Hoff is still on the board, as I'm rolling through my fourth and fifth round selection, gosh, it's really hard to pass on him, even if he, you do think he stops back, because he opens up, one, flexibility for you in your squad to be able to make some moves around. Um, but two, it also means if you lock in a Westhoff, you can go and start making some moves with some later forward selections, be a bit riskier there, or jump on some rucks. So it opens up so many draft day opportunities for you, let alone the scoring and the flexibility. Yeah, and you in your draft, you want durability too. Yeah. And uh, ticks that box, you know, hugely. Is there a more durable player than Westy? There, there's not many more players that can score the way he does that are eligible to be selected in multiple lines and have the durability he does. So he ticks a lot of boxes. And, and I know it feels weird. I know it feels awkward to go for it. But I still think he's going to be a fantastic scoring option for us this year. Is he the big 100-plus average? I don't know. I don't think so. And he doesn't have to be. Because in drafts, his consistency, his durability, and the ability to pick him in multiple lines is awesome for you. And you get that same versatility in your salary caps. And so he's a he's a fantastic option this year. Yes, he's not going to likely be as strong, but he doesn't have to be. I'm on the Hoff train. Yeah, I thought you might be. Is he your new Sheed? 
No, no way. Okay, all right. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts as we were talking about Justin Westhoff today. Thanks, MJ. Thanks, listeners. Uh, in looking forward to the next one. Yeah, no, another one landing tomorrow at uh, coachespanel.tv. You can go and read the article. You can check the podcast out uh, for all the other players that have been revealed so far. If you want early access to these 50 most relevant podcast episodes, you can join our Patreon and uh, get that 24 hours ahead of everybody else and plenty more exciting content landing at the Coaches Panel in preseason 2019. 